0: Welcome, Pudding People, to another episode of Everybody Loves Pudding. We are here today with a fantastic new guest, Mr. Paul Sadu, an actor, uh, a producer. I- I'm assuming he's also uh, an expert uh, in all things medical. <laughs> right. <laughs> How are you doing today, good sir?
1: I'm doing good. Thank you. Thanks for asking.
0: Uh, I, I have to say, I'm, I'm kind of, uh, uh, I was saying a, a moment ago, I'm kind of excited about the chance to talk to you because we get a number of really interesting people to speak with. But a lot of times we have, um, let us say, a more um, American-centric um experience a lot of people that have local film experience but you've had some international film experience as well so it's always really exciting to get kind of some uh, kind of some experience from that but you didn't always you didn't always start in acting uh, when i was when I was doing research it said that you you began you began your career as as a dermatologist is that is that correct
1: that is correct yes.
0: That's that's quite a shift. How did you go from uh, from the practice of medicine uh, to going into acting?
1: Well, in the in the beginning, um, I really had no uh, aspirations or in, intentions to enter the entertainment industry or or act. So the formative years of my life were spent pursuing medicine Studying, going to med- medical school, doing my training, and that's that's what I was focused on, and I really enjoyed it, and um, and and I loved the experience. So eventually, my training brought me here to Los Angeles at USC, and I completed my specialty training at USC, and then you know went into practice and, and had a lovely time. But while here in Los Angeles, I. Befriended or became friends with a lot of individuals um, in in the fine arts and in the in in the arts in general, and I sort of had a, a cultural renaissance of my own where, you know, I was a different side of my brain started operating, and I looked over to see what these guys were doing, and and I said to myself, you know, wouldn't it be great to do something like that? in addition to and as well as is is what i am so so that's how it how it began basically by physically moving to los angeles and then physically being surrounded by by people in this industry and um and and that's what sparked the
0: the desire that's really kind of amazing i i I absolutely love hearing the stories about how people get into acting. It's um, Sometimes it's it's fun to see. You know, I've been in it my whole life. Uh, you know, my parents were this and they they trained me. But it's always really fun to see the, the left turn to go from a, a different profession into it. How... Did you just kind of jump both feet in or did you decide, you know, you know, I did my training in medicine. I'm going to do my training in acting too and then go to like an acting school. How did you really get your start?
1: So what I did was um, I basically decided to produce or and and write. That's, that was my entry into it. I was looking at the landscape. Uh, when I started. And this was back in the early 2010s. And, and I I decided that I think it'd be more uh, interesting if I could write a story for myself, or co write a story for myself, and then see if there's a way to possibly get that done and put it on on the big screen. And at the time, um, one of the, you know, the the concept I had was look, so I've, I've spent majority of my life in the healing arts so fundamentally that's why i exist so i'm i'm here i'm trying to help people i'm and and that's what i'm doing so I, i said to myself wouldn't it be interesting to play a character on the flip side of that spectrum so somebody who's hired to kill people or hurt people so we came up with that idea. We said, okay, let's 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 have a protagonist who's a hitman, so to speak, and then we'll come up with a backstory for him. So we started this story concept, and eventually, um, I ended up producing the film as well and um, starring in it, and that's how I I made my entry. But as far as the the toolkit for the actor, I did not go to an acting school. As you know, in Los Angeles, there's a lot of um, acting. Uh, coaches and i'm not sure if you call them schools but you'd more so call them studios so i took advantage of that where we i could go in daily and weekly and and work on the craft as well as work on the screenplay so that's the route the route i took so i had the screenplay in my hand first and then i sort of centered everything around that
0: was that a a cari decision that was an awkward decision. Yeah, that was the first one. I knew I was going to mangle that as soon as I said, it, I'd "Do that." That's no, all right. Time. <laughs> so that was kind of one of the first things that kind of intrigued me. I I, I looked at that and, you know, it's it's got. Uh, a cast of a lot of names that you know most most individuals may not be completely familiar with, but it does have some names. If 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 you've seen if you've seen enough movies, you start to recognize. It's like oh okay, I, I know I know a handful of these individuals. When you created this script and you know you 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 got it, you're, I'm going to make this film. Did you have an idea of who's like I know I want to do this. I I want these. People to be involved for a, a specific reason. Were there were there like dream castings that you had uh, that you wanted to be involved in that film?
1: No, there was there was no dream casting involved at all. <laughs> so when we first started writing it, we were very anxious and a bit apprehensive during the pre-production process because here we were, we were you know guys from the United States we're going to shoot a film in in Mumbai India we're going to shoot it in in their language because um since since culture, culturally I'm from India I wanted to do a film in India and about um you know what informs us about that society so we were very worried like you know we're not going to get anybody to work with us like <laughs> like once we crossed the ocean it was like who are these guys these random dudes from from Los Angeles but fortunately what we found was as we started started circulating the script through casting directors uh, on on that side of the world there was interest and we got a lot of these wonderful actors to come in and join the film and each one of these actors that w- was involved with the film i mean they, they, they've had like swaths of experience multiple movies multiple dramas etc not not a single one wasn't um a veteran right and going into that um as an actor for the first time was was extremely rewarding because i could sit back between the takes and really watch these experts and learn from them and talk to them and and really you know I, I I got tutored a lot during the during the filming as well. I mean the the veterans there were not shy about telling you like, hey, you know, you know, I'm not sure why you made that choice, and then <laughs> I'd have to explain myself. You know, th- this is the reason why, and then. You know, they'd be like, eh, you know, uh, maybe you can think of it this way too. And so it was—it was, it was interesting, even though like I was—I helped write the thing. I, I still had a lot of a lot of learning to do, and it was—it um, was like a crash course in uh, in drama school. So it was
0: cool. Oh, that, and that can be crazy too, for somebody that's watched—some uh, uh, would say—an excessive amount of cinema. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> it's 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 kind of a, a joy at least for me to to see something from a completely different either a completely different point of view or something that there's this whole this whole other world of cinema that many of us just don't get exposed to and when you just kind of get a chance to go down that rabbit hole to see some of the work that some of these individuals have done, and it's really kind of amazing. Now, were you already by chance uh, familiar with uh, several of these individuals before you started, or was this kind of new to you as well?
1: So when they were casted and and we, you know, the director at the time, he, he showed me, OK, this is the guy who's going to play the commissioner. And this is the guy that's going to play his wife. As soon as he showed me the pictures, I was like, <laughs> I know these guys. I was like, I was like, I know these guys. And I was like, really? You got these guys? And they were like, yeah, we got these guys. And I'm like, how did you get these guys? And they were like, they were they were cool. They, you know, they were interested. They wanted to come on board. And I was like, really? I go, do they know that they're working with me and they're like, yeah, they know they're working with you. I'm like, okay, all right, well, let's uh, let's do it. <laughs> so it was it was great.
0: That's awesome. Uh, all I can I can only hope is it's 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 still kind of one of those things you get to see the occasional the occasional crossover. You know, I'm a big fan of comic book films, so seeing you know a couple of individuals pop up in the Eternals or you know, things like that, things like that, you get you get a little of the crossover. It's still. I still think there's going to be this point at which there's going to be a, a greater, a greater acknowledgement of of the broader theatrical world as it is. But uh, I, don't, I don't know if I don't know if we're we're quite there yet. But it, it feels like it's it feels like it's getting there just a little bit.
1: I- I would agree with you. I mean, if uh, I don't think you need to look any further than um, Netflix and what they're, what's trending and what's you know what they're really promoting. I've I'm seeing like a lot of foreign films. You know, like from Portugal, Spain, Poland, Italy, um, Korea. It's it's
0: you know the Middle East. It's it's pretty pretty cool. <laughs> so here's here's a question we'll ask you. Each each kind of filmmaking area has its own kind of shorthand that it uses certain things that you'll see in in movies you know like the meet cute or things like that that are just kind of standard elements that you'll see that sometimes communicate a very specific concept that the viewer is supposed to acknowledge in the film is there anything like that in say indian cinema that is completely different you know just this is this is something you'll see in a lot of Indian films, and this is kind of what it means, or something that's kind of got um, a, a a place in your heart from from the history of what you've watched in the past.
1: So I, I think that Indian cinema relies um, heavily on on music and dance to to tell a, a story of relationships. So if there was a relationship between uh, two individuals on screen, instead of, instead of going through the specific scenes of, you know, here they, they met at a coffee shop here, they, um, you know, went to, went to lunch together then they went on their first date, et cetera. They'll, they'll do that story in a montage. So the purpose of, the sequence is not just to throw in a dance sequence, you know, so it's not just, Oh, we're going to put in a dance sequence here. Although there are some movies that do have what are called like item numbers where they just have certain song and dance just for fun, but it's within the context of the scene, but mostly it's telling a story. And if you're listening to the lyrics of the song and you're understanding the relationships between the characters, just a beautiful way to um, express their their vision, so I think that's the big the big difference. Um, breaking out into song and dance is is pretty common on and in, in that part of uh, the the world's cinema. Yeah, well,
0: it's just kind of a nice, bright way to to tell a story. Musicals have always been a, a part of a, a variety of cultures, but the 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 mechanic in which that they're used is is very interestingly different depending upon what section of the world you're from. So okay, so I had meant to ask this a little earlier, but then I got excited and carried away. But so talking about early early films that you had seen, is there is there anything that you really draw inspiration from? Thinking back to to whether it's it's current day or whether it's early life, are there actors or styles that you go know, that kind of help push you into the direction that you've gone now?
1: Yeah, I, th- I think I think so. I mean, you know, s- some of the films that informed me and and really I connected to was well, there was one obviously the original Blade Runner for for one reason or another that that really captured me when it you know when it was first presented and it's something that you know you you sort of like go back to and and look at because it's a you know it's a great character driven drama even though you know there's action and there's sci-fi and etc and and i happen to be like a sci-fi nerd so that was always like a a, a great calling so you know the films along that that genre um those character driven dramas really um really informed me and and i think molded the way I wanted to tell stories or the type of stories I wanted to be involved
0: with. Yeah. Blade Runner is a great choice. The, uh, the, the background is almost its own character in that particular yeah. film. And it, and it lends, a lends, um, an ambiance that just helps the helps the story be told over the course. Plus, you know, the, the, the story is just fun to begin with. And, uh, yeah, that's if you're going to pick a, an influence, I, I'd, I'd have to give a, a kudos on that one. <laughs> that's right. such a fun, such a fun film. Is that kind of why you were um, in, involved with the uh, twenty three oh seven? Uh, yes, Winter's Dream yes. film. <laughs>
1: <laughs> For sure, yeah. When we were when we were trying to think of like what to do next. You know, science fiction came came to mind, and that's the direction we went in, and we we. We borrowed heavily from movies like Blade Runner, Star Wars, things like that, like the classic, you know, science fiction films kind of had the I'm going to I'm going to use the word borrowed, but uh, I'm sure the critics might be like, hey, these guys are pawning off these films. But You know, we were I mean, it was so obvious that we were totally aware of what we we're doing, like the little holograms. I mean, that's from Star Wars right. uh, concept of humanoids. That's from Blade Runner. So yeah, it was fun. It was cool, though. Uh,
0: it's just uh, there's there's not there's no real new ideas i mean that's been said a million times because that is also not a new idea but it there doesn't need to be new it's the it's the spin that we put on it it's the polish the presentation that can right. give that can give that joy what was your favorite part about working on 2307 was there those there just that little nugget that still sticks with you
1: well i, I got to say working on 2307 was was a very special experience and i think part of it had to do with the fact that for as you know for independent films once the financing comes through there's not a lot of pre-production time-wise you know if you look at it you might spend a couple months in pre-production and then you're moving into the film and you're trying to get the the film done with 2307, we had, we spent about over a year in pre-production. And, and the reason why was the writer, which was Joey Curtis, he also co-wrote Blue Valentine. He was writing the film off my story concept. So we spent six months going back and forth discussing the screenplay. And so the screenplay became second nature. We understood every aspect of it. And then also Joey ended up directing the film. So then we spent another six months in in training dramatically for the film. Like we wanted to go through the scenes, um, uh, examine them, explore them. So all that prep, and then going into Eastern, or sorry western New York when there was a like a snowstorm the location became practical it was like freezing cold there it was a completely immersive experience where we were like miserable as far as the cold and our suits were we were basically had biker suits on and we were pretending they were like you know these advanced you know sci-fi spartan suits but they had no insulation and that whole experience was raw and hardcore. And it, it was just a great experience overall. Just loved every, every aspect of it, the camaraderie that the entire team had um, during those harsh conditions and all the, the effort and the work that went into it was amazing. Our producer Robert Beaumont really bent over backwards to make sure we had you know, all the elements we needed. Um, so it was, it was great,
0: Re- really nice experience. So here's here's a question that I have. When you are writing the material, this is this is your baby. This is your story, yeah. but but it's a collaborative process in order to create it, to make it come to life. Which I would assume requires a certain letting go of an element of control uh, mm-hmm. over the process. How do you how do you kind of go through that? How's that? How does that work to be able to kind of put yourself in a mental position where I go, so, okay, I know this is the way I want it, but some things might need to change. How do you prepare yourself for that?
1: Well, you have to you have to go into it with the mindset of, A, being collaborative. So understanding that this is a collaborative art. And so when you go in there thinking that, it it doesn't become very difficult. And what I'll normally do is let's say – you know, I, I have a, a writing partner, Robert Mearns, and what I'll do is I'll write like a scene, let's say. And I've, you know, I have a certain tone to it and a certain style that I'll give it to Robert. And Rob, you know, he, he might be like, hey, you know, I don't understand why you did this or did that, or what's the character thinking here or that. So you basically listen, you, you try and open up yourself to, you know, creatively, creatively absorb everything your partner is telling you. And then you sit on it. So we always, we always like tell each other, let, let's let this percolate. So we just sit on it for like a couple of days and then it sort of comes to you. Like you, you, you start to see the other person's, um, point of view. And then, you know, invariably also the other person sometimes comes around and sees your point of view and they're like, well, wait a minute, you were right. You know, let's just leave it the way it is. So <laughs> long, I think you just gotta be, you gotta be open and you gotta understand that, um, it, you know, I, I think when you're trying to make something special, you, you just have to collaborate. The exceptions are um, individuals who I think like are on sort of that genius level where they're going to be writing and directing. So you know that's that's the category of like let's say a, a Quentin Tarantino where he knows what he's he's already visualizing the scenes as, as he's writing it. So for someone like that, yeah, you know, they're, you're probably going to just do what you got to do and maybe not be too open. <laughs> but I think for the vast majority of people, you just gotta, you, you have to be open to ideas.
0: Have you had a memorable instance, uh, in, in one of your projects so far where you've written something and then the finished product has turned out, drastically different from the way that you had originally positioned it and just gone, wow, that's, that's, that is way different, but that's awesome that it turned into this.
1: So I think that happens in more so in the edit. So that that's kind of like where I see the biggest changes. So there's some films I'm involved on where I'm, you know, several of the films, obviously, I'm just strictly the actor, I'm just the actor for hire, I'm not the producer or the writer. And I'll, I'll, I remember the scene clearly. And I remember the takes, I remember the coverage. And I have in my mind, like, okay, so this is how the scene went, and this is how it's going to go. And then, you know, it's handed off to the editor, and they put something together that you're just sort of, sometimes amazed by, you're like, wow, that, I was like, you know, I, I thought that was kind of, this is how i imagined it but it it turned out to be so much more so i think i think a lot of that for me um you know whether it's just from the actor's perspective or if it was actually a film that i've written on like escape um i'll see I'll, i'll see like in the edit how things how things will change now the the other instance that'll happen is When you're in the moment with a particular group of actors and then they'll inform the, the scene and change it around and, and make it their own. And so that'll happen. And invariably when that happens, when the actors get involved and they're like, Hey, you know, let's, um, let's try it this way, or maybe I could do this dialogue as opposed to this dialogue. It invariably makes it better. It's, it's always better. I, I think, I always think it's more um it's more personal to them, and when it becomes more personal to the actor, the performance becomes more personal, which translates into into just uh, a higher quality cinema.
0: So thinking forward, yeah, you know, you've had several different projects that you've been involved with, uh, several that are going to be coming out uh, fairly soon. Is there something that you have wanted to do that you haven't done yet, that you've got kind of this, this uh, idea, maybe just a little egg of an idea at is, Have you always wanted to be in like a, a big budget, like a Broadway show style thing? Or have you ever really wanted to be in like like the MCU? Have you ever wanted to be one of those uh, people that gets to wear tights for a little while in front of a green screen? <laughs> Is it what? Where do you see your your trajectory going forward?
1: So, yeah, you know, I, I have friends in the industry, and they're kind of married to the concept of wanting to be in a particular franchise or affiliated with a with a certain universe or company. Um, I, you know, I, I'm not. I'm I'm basically looking for what I look for is. A really interesting screenplay, and then fundamentally, a character, which, which I feel I can explore and make unique, so, something unique from what I've done in the past. So, you know, I did a, I did some serious action thrillers and 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 sort of like these heavy characters, and and recently I was able to do like. A rom-com if you will kind of like that um and so i'm always i'm always looking for ways to um do different roles and not necessarily the same thing but i think it's just the story i think i think this the story has to be super interesting i mean there's epics i love like for instance um you know the 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 lord of the rings for instance like you know the original lord of the rings that came out like 10 years ago those are those are just beautiful epics and you know who who wouldn't want to be like in in something like that but again it's it's um it really boils down to what's the story you know what what's right. the story and what's the character and then is the are the people who are putting it on are they fun like you know are they fun to be around because you're going to spend you know, a good portion of your life um, with these folks. And, you know, it is art, but at the same time, it's life. You know, you want to, <laughs> yeah. you want to have some, you want to have some fun and enjoy yourself.
0: <laughs> and the rom-com that was a uh, uppercut, right?
1: The, the rom-com is uppercut. The director likes to refer to it as a bromantic comedy because the character is it's kind of a coming of age story of the character. He's, He's informed by a, a, a female boxer who's his client. She kind of, you know, turns him into a person, but at the same time, he has this guy that he really looks up to and like really emulates. And so it's it's a real nice story and it's 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 funny and and and, and light and it was it was a great shoot. I just really, really had a good time.
0: I have a, a special soft spot to, to the romantic comedy. It's, it's, um, friends of mine have called it kind of like junk food in the sense that it's, it doesn't have a lot of core value on its own, but it makes you feel better once you've, (laughs) once you've eaten It's like, I don't know if I'd go that far. I, it kind of, it speaks to, uh, it speaks to a certain element of uh, romanticism that is, uh, ever present hopefully in, in each of us. Do you have, a specific rom-com that just kind of, uh, is, is one that you've always loved that kind of maybe, uh, maybe even possibly could, um, uh, influence, uh, a, a performance.
1: Oh, that's a tough question because I traditionally don't watch rom-coms. <laughs> so, <Yeah! laughs> so, so that's, that's tough. I'm going to have to like, Oh boy. Um, you know, uh, some of the, the the funnier ones like I, I I really liked uh oh man like um I'm trying to think of a, I'm trying to think of a, a, a good one there um so what is that?
0: oh boy wow. if you if you like the adventure element you know go back to the 1980s Romancing the stone that was a classic back in the day.
1: There you go. Now that's a good one. Okay, so that's a romantic comedy. Yeah, I guess you, I guess you're right. I, I always viewed that more as like a kind of uh yeah, r- romantic action thriller, romantic comedy. Yeah, Romance of the Soul. That that was that was good. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Thank
0: I like you. to have I like to have a little something added into. So romantic comedies on their own can be fun, but if it can just add a little something like uh Hugh Jackman had one with uh uh, a, a number of years ago that had just a little bit of time travel involved. So you just add that okay. little extra seasoning into it and, it and it makes it, makes it all new again. Okay. Um, so I have to ask about this. Um, I, I'm really curious. Uh, the repeater. Uh, we talked a moment ago uh, or a little bit ago about having such an amazing cast for, of, of people that you're able to work with. On, on the decision But you, you did it You kind of have it again On, on the repeater Just with You know A different uh, crop Of individuals I, I saw the the list Of talent That was involved With this film Do you ever get The point where you Walk on set And you're just Kind of s- starstruck I mean I feel like I would be like that All the time It's like I know I got a job to do But uh I really liked you in Terminator Three and uh <laughs> Yeah.
1: Yeah, no, all, all the time. I, I'm always like I, I'm constantly like impressed by some of the people I get to work with. Um, whether, you know, Christina Loken or Gary Daniels or Corbin Burnson, Nick Moran, all these all these cats on uh on repeater. I've you know seen all their work obviously from Terminator three to Harry Potter to you know, lock, stock, and two smoking barrels—all that stuff. So, um, it was—it's always cool because it, it's fun because you know you're you're with folks that really understand the craft and what they're doing, and um, you get to you know you get to learn, you get to play with them. It's 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 fun, a lot of fun.
0: What was uh what was your favorite part about uh the making of Repeater? Was there there was there a plot element that was really cool, a stunt sequence or or something that just kind of uh just kind of resonated with you?
1: Yeah, so so I think the the action in the film um did resonate with me. It, so it's a it's a little different. Um you know, Like, for instance, Gary was explaining to me. So Gary was on The Expendables and and he's been on he's done like loads and loads of action films. So normally when you're on larger budget films, um, meaning studio films, you you usually get some choreography and you get about, you know, three, four weeks. Some people even get like two months to like specifically train a certain sequence. But in our film our action choreographer art camacho who's who's wonderful we literally had to show up on set we understood the scene we understood where the scene was going and what we needed to project as far as the storytelling but the physicality of it was decided on the day of the shoot so that was the crazy part so we'd show up and we would look at the environment art be like okay this is what we're going to do guys you're going to come in here you're going to you're going to punch Gary here, punch him there, punch him there, Gary. Then you're going to do this. You're going to kick him here. And so we had like literally 30 minutes to an hour to, to go through the, the fight scenes oh. and then we had to do them. And wow. so, so it was crazy. And, and the thing was, if it was just me, then the scenes would not have worked. But we had Gary there. So Gary like knows how to move. And Gary like really understands the camera when it's on him as far as fight scenes. And so he'd be like, you know, he'd, he'd be like, Paul, Paul, I'd be like, boy, he's like, you got a duck here, okay, you got a duck. I'm like, I'm like, yeah, I understand. He goes, seriously, you got a duck, otherwise you're gonna get kicked in the face. <laughs> so So he would tell me like specifically like what to do in, in certain scenes. And so I just sort of like followed his lead. And um, yeah, we, we had a lot of fun, even, even with, with Kristana, she, she did a, she really understands action choreography. So it was, it made things a lot easier when you're working with, with people who've done this so many times. So, so that, that was uh, quite an experience. It was tough. The the days were certainly difficult because, you know, you get bruised up by the end of the day, but it's um, a lot of fun.
0: Right. So so they they literally just kind of made it up on the fly. They didn't have it like pre-done and you just didn't know about it. It was just done right there.
1: Yeah, there was no storyboarding of the action sequences because it was location-specific. So they had a, a current concept in the script, like how this action was going to go, but then our location didn't match exactly how the script had described it. So we had to conform to the new physicalities. And then um, just, you know, you, you go with the flow and, on, on films like this, see where it takes you.
0: How does that affect, when you're putting the film together, how does that affect continuity? Because I know that's, that's the big thing when you're talking about editing earlier, making sure that everything flows from point to point within and between scenes. If you, if you are just kind of on, on the, that point, does that make things more challenging in the production side?
1: Not as long as your, your second unit director really gets good coverage. And, and we had great coverage. Art was running a really tight show. So we had all the angles covered. Um, uh, So coverage wise, we were good. Um, We didn't have any issues with that in the edit. So it worked out, worked out good.
0: That actually brings to mind a question. I love to ask uh, actors that specifically started in a different profession, going into acting was there something that surprised you that before you know you know I, I we'd always watched films and television but in the process of making it you go and you start to do the thing and you go i had no idea that x had to happen or i had to approach this in this way
1: i didn't i didn't realize how how mentally challenging it would be to take on a, a persona i always viewed it from the lens of you know this looks fun so you know i'm looking at these guys and wow they're having they're having a lot of fun and you are but in order to have fun you got to put in the work so you really gotta get in there and, and understand every aspect of your character otherwise um otherwise it just becomes a uh, you know, a day full of anxiety. So I think that was the thing that surprised me, like how hard, um, how hard actors work at their craft.
0: (laughs) Did you have anybody that kind of took you under their wing and kind of said, okay, here, young cub, I'm going to show you exactly uh, the way that you need to go or gave you a a couple of uh, just little pointers that uh, has helped you up until this point?
1: Yeah. T- Tom Sizemore did that. He yeah, is amazing. So Tom Tom Sizemore did it. When we when we finished uh when we finished Winter's Dream, um I I auditioned for and got the part of Turk, uh, which was opposite Tom Sizemore. It was a two hander called Hustle Down that came out last year. And he's the, the funny guy, and I'm I'm the straight man. And um and I just remember during The entire filming. First of all, he was really nice guy, really gracious, charming. But he'd always be like, Paul, Paul, come here, come here. And I'd be like, What? He goes, Let me tell you what Robert De Niro told me. I'm like, okay. (laughs) Or 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 let me tell you what Tom Hanks used to tell me. I'd be like, okay. And so like he'd always give you give me these nuggets. And and like he goes, you know, you know Johnny Depp. I'm like, well, from a distance I do, but he goes, let me tell you what Johnny Depp told me. I'm like, (laughs) okay. (laughs) So so he would, he would give me like, he knows everybody. He would say, he would tell me how their approaches are and what they're doing. So, so that was like, that was like really cool. And uh, yeah, I, I, my hat's off to that guy. So.
0: That's awesome. So kind of one last question about repeaters specifically, What? What do you want audiences to know going into the film? What do you think that they should expect to be really, um, I don't want to say entertained by, it, but it's something to focus on where you think that you just, you and everybody you just knocked it out of the park. This is the thing that I'm really proud of about this film.
1: I, I think... You want to go into it expecting an action movie, obviously, but I I think what you'll be, what the audience will be um, pleased with is the relationship between the different killers and hitmen in the film. So there's this relationship they have and that relationship comes out through the film and it's nuanced and subtle, but it really informs the movie and it's, and like you were saying earlier, It's a standard movie, right? You're a hired hitman, goes after a guy, has a change of heart, but it's the polish that was put on it and how it's presented and how the relationships are tantamount to the storytelling as opposed to the action. And I think that's what sets it apart.
0: I have to say, look like I said, looking at, at what was there for, for the listeners that are are not getting the video that haven't looked this up yet, he wasn't he wasn't joking about the people on there. Uh Christiana Loken and uh, Nick Moran and Corbin Burnson. Uh, if you're not familiar, I mean come on, major league psych, kiss kiss, bang, bang, like he was saying, James Faulkner uh has just been an amazing amount of uh yeah, production. Awesome. I mean the the whole the whole cast is really, really solid and it looks looks like it'll be really really excellent. Um, now I don't know if you're as much of um, a, a pop culture geek as I am in the sense that we tend to focus a lot on comic books in the intersection with films and uh, television. I love comic books. Oh, okay, excellent. I love them. So, who who what is your favorite your go to comic?
1: Okay, so. When I was a teenager, I used to read the X Men. I used to read Daredevil. Um, yeah, those were the two comics that that I th- at the time found like very very interesting.
0: Yeah. If you had a chance to play one of the characters from the Marvel or DC or Image universes, who do you think you would love to
1: play? Boy, um, that's tough. I'd I'd like to put a different I'd like to put a different spin on the Green Lantern. That's DC, but but yeah, I I think I think you know there there's I think that character could be approached differently.
0: So. Oh yeah, absolutely. Especially considering it's like is baked in to the character it can be anybody it doesn't just have to be hal jordan or kyle rayner or guy gardner that they, they've managed in the especially in the recent years to really kind of expand the ranks and uh kind of come at it from some slightly different perspectives uh yeah i i'd, I'd love to see that um what about um what do you think is your favorite story arc that you ever read in a comic
1: in a comic my favorite story arc i think boy i'm trying to remember i i think it has to be um i think it has to be uh, daredevil's arc there's a there was like a if i recall correctly there was a 10-part series about how daredevil well matt murdock um in the beginning he's you know he 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 goes through this arc and you know his identity is revealed the kingpin gets him he loses everything he loses a froggy or, or whatever and all these cats and i just remember that quote at the end and he says and i have shown him that a man without hope is a man without fear and i just and I was like, "Damn!" I was like, "That that really stuck with me." Like for you know, you know, even now, I I remember that. It was really cool. So many good storylines.
0: Now, I have to admit, I always I always size people up, especially if I get a chance to interview them. I go, "Okay, if I'm I'm looking at this, I'm looking at this cat, and I'm I'm saying, okay, judging by how he looks and kind of the way that he carries himself, who would I love to see?" this person portray and when i when i saw uh saw you and some of the stuff that you've done it's like you know i bet i bet this guy would be a great mr sinister mr sinister
1: because okay.
0: <laughs> because he, he, the whole the whole idea is you know he he carries himself in a very kind of almost regal way and it's he's he's capable of a great deal of of devastation but only does it if he absolutely has to, and has right. fun cool. in being the the bad guy, as it were. And it's just kind of kind of a great character, a, a lot of fun. Um, but uh, yeah, so that's that's where I always that's where I was picturing it. I saw so I was like, yeah, he'd he, he'd be great, Mister Sinister. Uh, Very nice. Um, okay, so we have a couple of questions. We ask every single person, well, nearly every single person that we talk to, because. We, we are all about bringing people together, and there are certain things that everybody loves, and food is one of those things. That's why we're everybody loves pudding. So uh, we love to ask, uh, first of all, are you a pizza person?
1: Pizza? Yeah, yep. I love pizza.
0: If you had to pick any kind of pizza, what is your favorite? Are you a, a deep dish? Are you a Chicago-style New York slice? Where do you go pizza-wise?
1: I I love deep dish pizza. When I was a teenager, I used to work at Godfather's, and they let us have some pizza every now and then. So I'd always get the deep dish. Yeah, nice.
0: I have to agree with you. Anytime I can get that little extra bit of crust, that thick sauce on there, mm, that's that's the way to go. Um, what about uh, one other one that we also we talk about comics, but we also talk a lot about music. Are you a music? minded individual?
1: I I listen to all all kinds of um, old old genres, so I'm not particularly one way or the other. But growing up, um, I'd say. I don't know, like I I like some of the I like some of the stuff from Ozzy Osbourne, you know, like Mm -hmm. Crazy Train, um, things like that. Um, Some of the yeah, yeah, Uh, some some classical rock
0: nice nice excellent so do you have anything that you listen to if you're trying to you're you're getting into the mindset of a character do you have anything that helps you kind of get there musically right now so
1: yeah so so that's a that's a good question um what you know interestingly like i think that some of the you know the composers out there like obviously like han zimmer they, they know how to tap into the soul. I think that's where, that's what makes them so successful. When you're watching a film like Dune um, or or Gladiator or any of the ones that he's done, you know, the, the music is almost like 50% of your experience. So what I do, and it's kind of dorky actually, is I will set my, whatever device I'm using to movie scores and that's what i listen through to throughout the day so if i'm if i have a long drive i'll listen to scores and i'll let the scores take me to whatever emotional place it does and then i'll kind of imagine different scenes with it not necessarily from that specific movie but from from scenes that i think that you know would be interesting to tell so yeah scores is 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 what i listen to no 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 specific artist to, to get me in that state.
0: I love it. I love it. I, 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 I have to agree. There are certain things you were even talking about, uh, Lord of the Rings. A lot of what made Lord of the Rings work was that soundtrack was just oh, yeah. amazing. Yeah, beautiful. Uh, I know I listened to the 2001 soundtrack, uh, a lot yeah. of times to get into just a, a specific mindset. It's, it's just beautiful. Well, I have one more thing to ask you, uh, For all of our listeners that want to pay attention to the new stuff that you've got coming out, what are the best ways to follow you on social media or any other way that would work?
1: So I'm on Instagram. Uh, My handle is the real Paul I
0: saw that. I saw a a pretty awesome picture with uh, a Mr. John Reese Davies that that piqued my interest.
1: oh yeah yeah he's uh he's a he's an uppercut and that was uh now that i gotta admit so like that's that's about as geeked out as i got because Gimli is like my go-to guy you know i all his little one-liners you know you know we <laughs> i'd say we're taking a long way around i had him do those for me i was like <laughs> Come on, and he and he did them, and then and then I learned about like I well how did you how did you come up with that? Did you read the books? How did you inform the character? And so, man, that was like that was surreal. I, yeah, that guy was, that guy's beautiful. He's a really beautiful man. Love that guy. It was deliberate. <laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs> still sticks with me. That is fantastic. Um, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us. I want to make sure that everyone listening does take the time to go out and see the uh, uh, repeater. It is it is on streaming services. It is available. It is it looks awesome. Uh, I just have to say it. it's so much fun. And if you haven't seen it already, take a look at uh, Uppercut or uh two, 2307 winter's dream a lot of great stuff coming out of Mr. Paul Sadu thank you very much sir for uh, being on the show
1: thank you it's my pleasure really enjoyed it